the 9th of July, 2009, episode 114. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. As we have discussed many times before, uh, a lot about design has to do with the the work that you do before you actually get into designing, but even before you do the thumbnails, even before you start to think of ideas of, you know, what your project is going to, to look like. And that is, you know, of course, the research that we have to do and the planning. And these are very key components to making a project successful and, and making sure that it goes in the right direction and that no time is wasted and that uh, all, the, all the resources are used effectively. So today we're going to talk a little bit about you know, re- the research that you do and the planning and uh, how those things come about and, and how they are executed in a way that, that will make your project successful. So let me start off just by saying uh, welcome, everybody, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading the podcast, uh, subscribing if that's what you do. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome, and I hope you enjoy what uh, you hear here. And I think this episode specifically is going to be one of those that really represents what we want to talk about, what what the types, types of things are that we want to talk about on Rookie Designer, because, um, you know, it's it is a lot about you know, the theory and the practices that that we want to go through, the processes that we want to put in place uh, to become successful designers. And uh, definitely talking about things like research and planning, those are pretty key initiatives in getting a project off to the right start and uh, making sure that it's, you know, completes to fruition as well. So uh, I hope hope this is useful for everybody. But... uh, I am going to be talking about some web type things today because that's pretty much what my job entails these days. But I think, you know, all the uh, the main theories or the main practices that we're going to be talking about definitely could apply to just about anybody in design. So uh, don't let that deter you. If I start talking about some things in web that don't necessarily make complete sense to you, uh, I'm not I'm not going to be talking everybody's heads. I don't think, but uh, some of the topics that I cover, some of the things that I'm discussing, probably won't apply to everybody out there. But I think the the underlying principles absolutely will. Uh, as far as news, I don't think there's much going on right now. Um, we are a little bit late again, but at least uh, we're releasing on the correct day this time. Uh, I do have a major undertaking at work. Uh, we are actually redesigning our whole um, site. So like basically the site after the person logs in. So actually it's more like the application part of our website. It's not like a, just a marketing static HTML type of thing. It's all the dynamic applications that we have within our site. So a uh, pretty big deal. We have a lot of consultants coming on board and it's going to be going on for probably about the next six to nine months. So uh, in that time, you know, I'm not here to make excuses, but there could be some sometimes when we fail to put out the podcast on time, which is nothing new. If you've been around here for a while, just wanted to warn you guys and remind you that I will keep updates on uh, on my Twitter, which uh, my Twitter name is Ricky Designer. 
So when a podcast does go up, I will post that up there. Uh, if there's some kind of problem, I'm not going to make the day that it's supposed to go out on. I will also put that up there and uh, just try and keep you guys posted. I do try and put other things up there, little tidbits of things that I think are interesting or things that I think are useful to designers. Haven't been doing that so much lately, again, because of the influx of work, but uh, I will try and keep up keep up on that as well. Uh, so those of you who do follow my Twitter uh We'll get some extra good information out of there. Other than that, I don't think there's much going on other than our sponsor, which is GoToMeeting. And with GoToMeeting, of course, you can do more and travel less. And you do this by hosting meetings online. So basically, uh, you just click on the little the little deal and set up your meeting invite people to that meeting and they log in through their browser. They can see everything you're doing on your desktop. So basically you're doing some screen sharing. Uh, you talk to them over the phone or over voice over IP and now you're in like full conference mode and you don't have to explain things as much to them because you're not just talking to them over the phone. You're actually showing them on your computer. They can see everything that's going on on your desktop. So if you're building them a website, you're building them, you know, a magazine layout or something like that, you can go through, you know, page by page and look at, you know, some of the issues that you may be having or some of the things uh, that were high on their list and say, you know, here's where we are. Are we going in the right direction? So it's a great, great tool for that. And uh, you can try it for free if you like for 30 days. You just need to go to this URL, gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. That's gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. And uh, you just fill out a little form there. You can download and try the software for free for 30 days. So give it a try. So again, the topic for today, we're going to be talking about uh, research and planning, uh, two things that are vital to the success of your projects. And uh, if you're not engaging, engaging in these phases, uh, I think you're really making a, a big mistake in going forward with a design without, you know, first at least touching on these, these two topics, because... Um, there's just there's just so much that you're going to miss by not doing this. And it was really inspired by some of the things that are happening at work lately. So uh, I said that we're undertaking this very large project of redesigning the application. And uh, to do that, we brought in some consultants from, from another company, people who have been through this process over and over again, because that's what they do. They, they consult, they go into other companies, and they help them to realize their vision of you know, building whatever it is they want to build. So not only are they experts in their own fields, they've been through this process many times because they're not just a singular company that only does it, you know, the last time we redesigned our application was probably about 10 years ago. And that's pretty standard. I mean, to take the whole entire thing, scrap it and start from new. I mean, you're, you're using the same principles that are in that application, but you're rebuilding the whole underneath of it, the whole engine, if you will. Uh, that doesn't happen all that often because very rare is the time when you can stop, you know, adding on new features to your application, just stop all that work and devote six to nine months to actually tearing it apart and redoing it in a better way. So, you know, to that, to that end, these people are at an advantage because their job is basically to go to different companies, help them move through this process, and then they leave. And hopefully they've left that company in a better state, uh, whereas they have, you know, a new application or a new whatever they were building and some better processes for, for going forward with that as well. So that's kind of where we're at. So one of the things that one of the people that came in on this project is a project manager. 
and one of the things he's bringing to us is a new methodology for um, for planning and for execution of actually you know starting on a project, um, identifying which which things are of higher priority, which items I guess you might say. So we're rebuilding a whole site. Which pieces are the most important? And basically, where do you start? And how do you present that to the other people who have a stake in it, which would be, you know, business development, uh, product management, marketing, these people that also have to have a say in, you know, how it's going to, what what the look and feel is going to be for this, how the, it's actually going to function, and the features that are going to be included in it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that, because I think it, it it's not something that... Obviously, we're going to install, especially if we're working by ourselves or if we're working for, you know, a larger company, this is something that, you know, you're not going to be the one deciding if this is the way things get done. But I think it directly directly relates to the way designers work anyways. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that. I also want to talk about research because um, one of the issues that was brought up when these consultants came into my job was the fact that not very much research has been done ever really um we do have we do use some analytical tools we use google analytics on our public website and for anyone who hasn't used that who isn't into you know web design things it's basically just it's a free tool that you basically just stick into your into the code of your pages and it shoots out information to this google analytics tool which you basically just log into and they show you all kinds of data that data can be you know how many people visited your site how many people visited particular pages which pages are the most visited or the most popular it'll also tell you things like what operating system and computer are they on Uh, what resolution is their screen how many colors do they have on their computer Uh, what version of Flash they have. So all very useful information when you're building a site because these are all things that you want to take into account. You know, you don't want to design a site that's that's made for a widescreen computer if the resolution on most of your visitors' screens is, you know, 800 by 600 or, you know, 1028 by... or 1024 by 768. So, um, again, this kind of might be mumbo jumbo to some people who don't do web design, but it's the same things. It's this, it's the same as going to your clients when you're going to make a brochure and you find out who's the demographic, you know, who are the people that are going to be utilizing this flyer? Um, what age range are they? Um, you know, how, how is this going to be distributed to them? So it's those same kind of, uh, things that you need to find out before you start the project because they're going to shape the way the project actually uh, actually is executed. So uh, the problem at our company is this really hasn't been done. You know, another thing that you would do potentially is to poll the users or poll you know whoever is is a direct customer or a direct uh, audience of your company or, or whatever project it is that you're going to complete. These are going to be the people that are, that are receiving this completed project. So another thing that you would might do is set up some kind of survey or questionnaire, uh, something we also haven't really done that much of. And in this questionnaire, you can ask the same types of questions. You know, if I wanted to get to a technical level, I would say something like, you know, what kind of computer do you use? Uh, what operating system is on that? What browser do you use? And and a lot of these things may need to be spelled out 
for whoever's taking the survey. For our business, there's a lot of people. It, it's kind of it's it's kind of strange because our business is about GPS technology, which is tracking vehicles. It's all web based. It's all pretty technical in nature. Yet the people who use it tend to not be very technical people because they've been doing things. They've been doing these same types of things, you know, calculating when uh, when their cars need to go in for service, what kind of MPG they're getting. You know, they they've done all these things for years, and they did did it without their computer, and now everything's computerized they're being forced to move in that direction. So they're not the most technical of people. So when I ask somebody, what's your OS? I mean, that's not, that's not going to mean anything to some people. So some of these questions do need to be spelled out quite a bit better. Um, what does this have to do with just a designer in general? Probably not that much. I mean, you're going to be doing the same thing, but you're probably not going to be doing it in the same way uh, unless you are undertaking a larger project or building a website or something of this nature. Um, but for the most part, I mean, if you're just doing some freelance, then you're going to be able to maybe just go to that client and talk to them about these things. And hopefully they'll have a lot of the answers for you. If they don't, then maybe you do set up a strategy to actually get some kind of uh, survey or questionnaire out to their customers to figure out the things that you need to know before you build your design. Um, like I said, there wasn't much of this going on at my my business and there really hasn't been at all basically when they started out there was other companies in existence that did sort of the same thing so the beginning goal was to get up to par with what these companies had so everything was driven by what do the competitors have we need to basically get to where we're at the same level we can offer exactly the same thing and then we can build on top of that new features and make our product better than theirs. So I don't think they were really that concerned with, you know, what people wanted. They were more concerned with uh, getting even with everybody else that was out there. Um, there wasn't, there really has never been that much focus on the aesthetics or the look and feel, uh, the UI components of the, the application that we have. So uh, that that's kind of another problem, but it's in a small company. These are the types of things that kind of fall by the wayside. And this company, when it started, was very small. It was a startup company. Uh, there's probably over 100 employees now, but when they started out, it was more like 15 or 20. So sometimes things just kind of, fall by the wayside, like I said, and they don't get addressed when they really should. So when you get to a point like this where you get the chance to redesign something, that's when you really want to make sure that everything is done right. And uh, to make sure that everything is done right, you need to make sure you know uh, everything you need to know going into it. And that's that's this research phase that I'm talking about. And it can it can show itself in many different forms, like I said. For a website, we need to know certain technical uh, questions. We need to have those technical questions answered because, like I said, I don't want to make my website too big that somebody uh, on a smaller computer or an older computer is going to have to scroll, you know, up and down and sideways. I mean, that's not going to be very good for them. However, you know, if they're in the majority, or if they're not in the majority, if that's only like two percent of my users, then I'm probably not going to worry about it too much. I'm going to leave it to them to upgrade their computer system, and if they don't, well, they're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, you can't please everybody, of course. And, uh, you know, again, 
this relates to everybody because you have to get these technical requirements. You have to know what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with before you go into these things. Because, you know, if you're designing a flyer for teenagers or for, you know, somebody in like the 20, let's say 21 to 35 range, you're making a flyer for a club, that's going to be a whole lot different than designing a, a flyer that's, you know, targeted at maybe 65 and up people. Maybe it's a flyer for bingo or something like that. I mean, you're going to design those two things a lot differently, not only with the imagery that's on there, but the way that you uh, format the type and the messages that are on there. I mean, they're going to be completely different things. Now, that is kind of from one end of the spectrum to the other, but it's just to show you that you need to know certain things about your audience before you get started on your project. And... Uh, I, I think research and planning are probably two of the things that, at least when you first start out, those are the two things that you're not really that excited about. You're excited about getting into the design phase, you know, letting your creativity flow onto the page and making your thumbnails and, and making your comps and getting into the actual design aspects. But there's there's so much more that goes into it before that to make sure that you're, you're moving in the right direction and that you're not going to end up wasting a bunch of your, your time. The next thing I wanted to talk about uh, was the planning, the planning and the plan of attack and basically the uh, the processes that you use to get from point A to point B, point A being when you very first get the project and start it out to point B being, of course, when we finish and deliver and hopefully deliver something that, that is very functional and, and serves the right purpose. So the uh, the project manager that came in to to assist us on our project, uh, brought with the brought with him a new kind of methodology, and it's called Scrum, and that's C S C R U M, and uh, you can definitely Google that if you want to look into it a little bit more. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it, and uh, like I said, I think this really kind of almost directly relates to the way that designers work in general. We uh, we go through a certain process because. It's, it's proven effective, basic, basically, but you want to keep the invested parties in the loop so that they know what's going on so that you don't go off on a tangent, end up at, at your result and have them go, this isn't what I wanted. This is, this is absolutely wrong. And then you end up going back to point A and starting all over again. So that's kind of what Scrum is, is built on. Uh, they have core values here. There's five of them. The first one is commitment. And that's willingness to commit to a goal. And Scrum provides people the authority they need to meet their commitments. The second one is focus. Uh, Scrum allows people to focus on the work at hand and not get distracted by other things that, uh, other requests that might come up during the, the uh, phase when you're actually working on something. We'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, the third one is openness. Scrum keeps everything about the project visible to everyone. So like I said, Anyone who has a vested interest in what's going on in this project is going to know what's going on. And that's good for everyone. I mean, they don't, they don't just give you something and say, here, go, go work on this. And then you come back three weeks later with something and, and they, don't, they don't even know what's been done. Uh, the fourth one is respect. Scrum demands respect from each team member, freeing them to do great work. Uh, so basically, you you know what's going on, but you're not uh, you're respecting that person. You you know that they're going to go off and they're they're going to get the job done. You're not having to look over the shoulder all the time. 
And number five is courage, having courage to commit, to act, to be open, and to expect respect. And that's basically just uh, uh, having courage and having faith in the system that it's going to work and and all the pieces are going to come into play and they're going to work as they should. So uh, the Scrum process, uh, there's a couple of points here. Um, They have what are called sprints. And a sprint is a 30-day period to create, uh, in this case, software to meet the sprint goal. Uh, During this sprint, the team kind of self-organizes to produce the best product that they can. And, And the big idea with the sprint here is that you're going to basically pick a bunch of priorities off a list as many as you think you can do in 30 days and then you're going to take that next 30 days and you're going to build whatever it is or you're going to execute those top priorities during that 30 days nobody is going to be able to add anything or subtract anything from what it is that you're building or designing and that way it allows you to make, you know, make the decisions that you need to make to build this thing or to design uh, this project or this phase of the project. And, and you can do it without any interruptions. We said that the, uh, that actually comes from sprint goals. So the first thing is the sprint planning meeting. And this is, uh, this is a place where you kind of identify all those um, key goals or all those initiatives and you prioritize them. And that's where you get those top priorities. Um, this is going to be held between, you know, probably the people who are building it, um, anybody else who has that vested interest. So for us, it would be product development and marketing. You know, these people are going to also have a say on what's going into whatever it is that we're creating. If you're a designer, of course, it's going to be, you know, the whoever you're working with at the company, whether that be the president or if they have a marketing department, you'd probably be working with them uh, just to kind of relate it to that. Uh, the third piece of this is the sprint review and retrospective. And that's after that 30 days, you're going to bring what you have. Hopefully it's something functional. That's that's usually uh, what what we're shooting for is to have something that works or something that's that's. Uh, fully fully formulated. It might not be finalized, but it's something that they can look at. Somebody who's not, you know, in this process of making this thing, like marketing, can look at it and say, okay, I see, you know, we had these top priorities. You executed all of them within this design. I can see that they're all there. Uh, do I want to now change this? Do I want to subtract something from it? Do I want to add something to it to enhance it? Uh, but basically, it's it's you get to the end of that piece where you you had your 30 days to build something and now everybody else gets to take a look at it and speak about what they think about what what happened during that 30 days they weren't allowed to some things might have come up and that's fine they can go on a list so that when you get to that review period now they can bring those issues up and uh, decide whether you want to kind of go back and enhance what you've done or from that point maybe move forward um, how is this different from how things usually go? Well, when you're working on a website, again, I'm going to kind of go into website land here. Usually we'll get a big document. It's a specification document. Let's say they wanted to add a new feature to our website. And a typical web uh, website feature for us is um, you can maybe run a report. So we want to make a new report that people can you know, basically run the data on their fleet of vehicles and see, 
Uh, one of them is, um, let's see, the speeding report. I think that's a pretty easy one to explain. They want to see who of their drivers is speeding and when. And, you know, it, it'll also show them where that vehicle was when they were speeding. So if they want to have this built on our website, they're going to give us this large specification document that tells us, okay, where is it going to go on the website? What's going to be called? Um, the, it's going to have a basic kind of outline of what the page flow might be. So here you're going to go, when you click on the link, you're going to go to this opening screen. Uh, you're going to put in, you know, some form items maybe, and that'll take you to this other screen until you get to the end of, you know, the page flow, which would actually be looking at the report. Um, it doesn't get too technical, obviously, because these are not technical people. These spec documents are coming from uh, product development and marketing type people. Um, but basically, you give, you give, they write up this document, and we, as the team that's going to build this thing, looks at the document and says, okay, we like this, uh, this is going to take too long, or this isn't the right way that this should be done, and we take that back to them. And now there's a series of meetings to go over this document until you get it to where both sides say, yes, we're okay with building this this way. Once that is agreed upon, that's set in stone. It doesn't change. Until we get through this whole cycle, it could take maybe six months for us to build this. And then when it's at that point, we're ready to release it and we release it. And then at that point, if somebody wants to make changes, then we can go back and make changes to it. So you can see the, the big difference here is everybody has to agree on every finite detail at the very beginning. Then you have a large cycle uh, could be six months, could be a year. It, it depends on what you're building and how big it is and, and what that uh, what that really require, requires to undertake. Um, so that could take a very long time. And generally what happens is halfway through the cycle of you building this thing, somebody gets another idea and they want to put that in. Now that really kind of goes against this methodology of doing things but that's where the system breaks down there. So the difference between Scrum, of course, is the fact that somebody can come in, you know, after 30 days and recommend something else for it. And that's not really breaking your process because it allows for uh, different iterations and uh, constant movement. You know, you're, you're constantly moving forward. You're evolving your product because you're not, you're not constraining yourself to saying, we're going to agree on every single thing at the very beginning. And then six months later, we're going to have it. And then if we want to change it, then we can change it. So hopefully this is making a little bit of sense to somebody. Um, but let me relate this all back to the way that we need to do things. And the, the reason why we do things the, the way that we do them. Um, we generally come up with some sort of plan at the beginning of what we want to exit with, you know, whether it be a brochure or a website, uh, we have a, a pretty vague idea of what it is. If we've done a research, we know what the function of this piece is supposed to be. What, what are we trying to do with this thing? Uh, what is the website's purpose? Is it just to uh, get the name out? Is it to actually sell products? Uh, is it to educate people? So, uh, having all this information, we have a pretty good idea of what we want to build. And as the, the creative people, I mean, we should be getting ideas already of how we want to build this thing. Much like Scrum, I think we, we need to set ourselves little spans of time 
after which we will take this back to, to the people with vested interests, like I said, which will be the head of the company, maybe. It could be marketing people. It's whoever is going to be making decisions on how this thing uh, actually looks or functions after it's done. You're going to take that back to them and you're going to say, hey, okay, here's where we are. Where are we really? Are we still on the right track? Are we still moving towards that goal that you wanted uh, to, to exit with? And uh, from there, you, they can make recommendations and then you kind of go back and you work for a while again and then you bring it back to them again. So you have several times where you have a period of time where you're working. Um, I think it's best if they're not, you know, throwing out different recommendations to you you know, day after day as you're working on this thing. I think that's the piece of Scrum that can really kind of uh, integrate into this workflow that I, I think would help because it's best if you can kind of identify some of the goals and work on that and get it done and then go back and say, okay, is this working the way that we want it to? It's just a better way to work without interruption. So, um, but again, we're we're doing this at, at different stages. And I've said this before in different ways, but basically, I mean, you want to work on things until you get to a point where you don't, you, you won't feel bad if you have to go back and do that step again. Meaning that we don't want to get halfway through the project and then show it to them. Because if they say, this is horrible, I don't like it. Now you have to start all the way over again. So if we find good uh, milestones for our project, in which we won't be too uh, pressed for time if we have to do that that whole step again, I think that's a good point at which to take it to the client and say, hey, are we doing this correctly? Is this, is, is this what you were expecting from this project? So um, I guess to sum it all up, Scrum, it kind of, I think it kind of gets some of its principles from what we already do. It's very, very much based on design and designing something and not necessarily getting in a big board meeting and having everybody say, we want A, B, C, D, E. Uh, let's go ahead and write up the specs for that and we'll agree it to it and we'll set it in stone because the way things change these days, I mean, you can't really do that. The best way to approach something is to make sure that, that it con can constantly evolve as you go through the project. Um, but yeah, it's very much based on design. And I, I think that a lot of those principles do come from the way that designers work in that, you know, you're, you're constantly, you're, you're left with the responsibility of figuring out the solution to their problem, yet you're not closing them out. Um, and this kind of brings me to another topic that I want to talk about real quick. But um, let me get to that in just a second. You're, you're leaving it open to all these people who may or may not have any, you know, any skills in design or any knowledge of design, but you're leaving it open to them because they know the business side of this. They know how this piece has to function. They know what they're looking for to come out of this project at the end. So, I mean, you don't want to lock these people out. And you want them to, to have a significant say in what's going on, but you want them to be able to give you feedback in, in a very uh, productive way, which is not to, to nitpick everything that you're doing. It's to maybe, like I said, get to that point where you're ready to review something with them and then go over what's going on. You know, is this going the right way? Is it doing what you thought it would do? And if not, you know, how, we, how can we remedy that? And then you get those top priorities again from them 
and say, okay, you wanted this to be changed, you wanted this to be changed, and you want to add this feature. So now you go back into your next phase where you start designing and, and they're not really messing with you until you come to that next review point. And then you say, okay, you wanted A, B, and C. We added A, B, and C. Here they are. How are we doing now? Is this thing looking the way you want it to look now? And of course, we all know about iterations. I mean, you can go through a million of them and, and you really have to draw the line somewhere, but at least you're getting that feedback from the client. And hopefully when you finish that project, it's going to be something that they're happy with, that they, that they feel like that they had their contributions to, to make it exactly what they wanted it to be. Uh, the topic that I wanted to talk about that comes out of uh, what we were just talking about of, of including the, the customer or the client, whoever that may be, even if they don't, um, if they don't have the skills that you think are necessary to, to make big calls on a design. Uh, I was watching this video from uh, Paul Boag. And if you haven't checked out Boag World, you should definitely do that if you're into any kind of web design at all. I think there's some great things to learn from, from this guy as well. He has a podcast also. Um, even if you don't do web design, but if you do, if that is your thing, is web design, then uh, I think it's definitely a website you should check out. And I will put that on uh, in the show notes at rookiedesigner.com. But anyways, he's talking about designers and things that he hears from designers. And, and one common thing is uh, the, the client that I'm working with is stupid. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know anything about design. And I'll probably make some blanket statements here, but I definitely know that there are some clients that might actually fit this description. You know, there are going to be clients that are stupid, that don't know what they're doing and choose not to listen to you anyways. Uh, I definitely don't want to say that that kind of client doesn't exist, but he was kind of talking about this. And, and I have to agree that sometimes I think we kind of put the blinders on and, and we don't realize that these people might not know much about what our job is, about the design aspect of things, but they do know what their company does. They do know what their business is about. And as we just said, you know, it's not always about the design aspects of their project. In fact, most times it's not. And sometimes the way something is designed, sometimes the way the, the, the project looks really is at the bottom of the priority list. It's more about the function. It's more about what does this thing do? Is it accomplishing the purpose of, you know, what we set out to do? And uh, when we're talking about things like that, it's, it's, it's really hard to say that the client, you know, make that general statement that the client is stupid, you know, because they know what they want out of this project. And it might not be what you think that, that they should be doing, but, you know, everybody has their own opinion, right? And they all mean something. They all are important. And to just write it off and say that the client doesn't know what they're talking about just because they're not listening to something that you might recommend for them to do and they don't want to do it. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, that they are unintelligible about what's going on. So I think if anything else, I mean, I don't, I don't think I should go off on this for a long time just because everybody's going to have their own opinions about what happens and every project is different and every client is different. I think you should just, the only thing you should take away from this is to, when you, when you feel yourself start to think that way, and I definitely have thought that way before, I think you need to take a step back and look at 
you know, everything that's going into the project that you're working on. Now, if we're talking about things like, you know, I want, I want the logo to be three times bigger than it should be, which is something that you'll definitely hear from a client here and there. I want the font size to be, you know, three sizes bigger. It's, it's not really something for you to think about, you know, that's, that's totally dumb. Why would they want that? It would look horrible. I think the thing you need to look at is, is, and try and analyze is why are they asking for these certain things? You know, what are they trying to get out of that? And that's, maybe that's even the question that you ask them. Okay, you want the logo three times bigger. What do you hope to accomplish by making it bigger like that? And maybe there's an alternative design solution that you can come up with that, uh, that fixes that problem that they see, yet doesn't result in you making the logo three times bigger and horribly disfigured. So um, I, I think really just what we're talking about here is happening, having an open mind. You know, don't, don't get yourself in that, in that mindset that, you know, if this person rejects what I'm giving them, then, then they just don't know what the hell they're talking about. I think you have to have that open mind to be like, okay, they don't like what's going on here or or they want to change something. Why do they want to change it? What is it going to accomplish? What function is that going to have, you know, to, to make this change? And, and like I said, maybe you can come up with better solutions that don't entail you, you know, ridiculing the, the customer or not wanting to ever work for this customer again because all they want to do is make, you know, the logo three times larger every time. Uh, really just try and, and, and I think that there's, there's a, a, at least a portion of research in that, in that you're figuring out, you're, you're trying to speak the same language. You're people that come from two different cultures trying to speak the same language, and it just doesn't always work. So I think really trying to figure out what that person is saying or why they're saying it or why they're asking for a certain thing is really going to translate into you being able to provide them a better design. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. So there's a couple of things that kind of uh, led me to my bullpen entry for today. One of which is um, one of our listeners, Peter, wrote in, and we were talking last week about things to do on your lunch hour that could be productive, that could help you become a better designer. And he had a great uh, comment on that, and it's something that I absolutely do too. Um, He says, I would say there's one more thing you can do to to practice your brain rather than um, your clicking, and that's RSS. So uh, he sent me a big list of all the RSS feeds that he checks out. But basically, get yourself a good RSS reader. Uh, The one that I use is NetNewsWire, but there's like a million of them out there for Mac and PC. And there are free ones too. Um, Basically, it just gives you all the news off a website that you're interested in. And uh, that kind of brings me to the bullpen entry, which is one of my RSS feeds that I check out. Um, and, And also... Lately on App Clinic, I've been doing some podcasts on typography because I think it's obviously a, a very important uh, part of your design. So the the uh, website for today is I Love Typography, and that's at ilovetypography.com. And it's just good for inspiration. I mean, we get inspiration for website designs or for Photoshop, you know, photo manipulation design. But uh, I don't think people go seeking enough probably for typography inspiration and this is a great place to get it they have different web 
typefaces that they have here. Excuse me. They have different typefaces here and uh, they do interviews with lots of people. There are, you know, some pieces that, that are kind of tutorial-ish. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a tutorial site by any means, but I think it's more for inspiration. I think it's a great site to check out. So uh, once again, that's ilovetypography.com. So I guess my biggest hope with this podcast is that you guys were actually able to get something out of it. Um, sometimes when I, the way I do things is kind of free form. So sometimes I feel like I, I just start talking and maybe it's not making a whole lot of sense to those of you who are listening, but uh, hopefully it was, uh, it was laid out in a way that, that everybody could understand it. Again, I don't want to try and talk over anybody's head or confuse them because that's obviously exactly the opposite of what I try and do on this podcast. But uh, I just felt like there was this parallel between the things that we're kind of practicing at work these days and the way that I think designers really should attack their, their projects that they get. You know, if you have this nice set of processes, the jobs are going to go that much smoother. You're not going to have to worry about these extra things that you have to get done. Uh, you can, you know, make it easier on yourself in, in getting into that design phase. But of course you, you can't just, you can't just skip items. You know, it's, it's the same thing. You can't skip the, th the thumbnails and the, the mock-ups. You actually have to go through those phases to make sure that you're getting the best design before you jump into Photoshop or InDesign or, you know, Dreamweaver or whatever it might be. So, you know, once you get a nice plan laid out for all these steps and, and get in the habit of doing them, once you do that a few times and get through that cycle, uh, it's going to be that much easier for you. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be things that you just do without thinking about it. And it's going to make your workflow all that much easier and better and better for you and better for the clients. And, uh, then once again, better for you when you get paid. Uh, I think that was about it for today, though. Uh, if you want to contact me, you want to suggest a topic for the show, uh, send me a big long list of RSS feeds, which I like. Thank you, Peter. Uh, you can send that to rdpodcast at gmail.com. That's rd as in rookie designer, rdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, I am on Twitter. The, the name there is rookie designer. Uh, I'm on MySpace still. I haven't checked it in a really long time and actually contemplating whether I should take that down or not because I just don't get on it enough. But I am on there for the time being. That's myspace.com slash rookie designer. And uh, I think that's about it. But uh, if anybody does have any comments, good or bad, or has any topics that they'd like, to, like for me to talk about on the show, definitely uh, send them in to me. And... Um, just once again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, for dealing with my uh, inconsistent release dates, and uh, hopefully again, you guys got something out of this and were able to, uh, are able to apply it to your own workflow and make things uh, go that much smoother and easier for you. Until next time, though, just remember that everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.